When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I am your host, Jen Duplessis, and I am so excited today to have a really, really special guest. You know, a lot of times we say that on podcasts, right? I have a special guest. This guy's super, super special special to me specifically because he is also one of my coaches. And so I would love to take this opportunity to welcome Steve Olsher to our show. Hi, Steve. How are you doing today? I am great, Jen. Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. So let me give you some context of what uh, Steve does. I love one of the things you know that you are known as is America's reinvention expert, believing that one person has the power to change the world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And especially with my audience because, you know, a lot of us are either thinking about making that reinvention or that switch and that transition from success in our careers into making an impact in the world in the middle of it, trying to figure it out and reinventing ourselves every day, or we've come through it and we're saying, wow, this has been a great change for me. So I am so excited to talk to you about everything about going from success to significance. And So let me share a little bit about Steve. He's known as the world's foremost reinvention expert. He's famous for helping people or individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what, which is what we're really going to talk about. It's that one thing that makes you special in the whole world, right? And 25-year entrepreneur, was the chairman and founder of Liquor.com. He's a New York Times bestseller, author of What Is Your What?, which all of you are going to have the opportunity to get a copy of discovering that one amazing thing. And he's got other books too. He's also the founder of New Media Summit, which is really a podcast community that I'm part of and I absolutely love as well. And on top of that, gosh, you sound like me. Usually when people introduce (laughs) me, they're saying these things, right? Saying, uh, when do you have time, right? But he's also the host of Reinvention Radio, which is another podcast and Beyond Eight figures. He's an international speaker. He's a coach. He's been on CNN, ABC, CBS, or ABC, NBC, Fox Business, TEDx. (laughs) Woo! That's about reinventing. (laughs) Yeah. And we're launching Podcast Magazine. So there you go. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. I hope to be on that. I hope to be on that one day. So again, welcome and thank you so much for taking time. Take us through some not some, because you've had a lot of different successes and and have broken through many, many glass ceilings. But tell us about one in particular that 
you feel was probably the biggest switch that you made as you went through that transition? Mm. So as you said, lots of things over the years. I think probably the biggest reinvention that, you know, there's been a number of reinventions over the years, but I would say if I had to nail it down to the biggest, it would probably be the transition from real estate development, where Mm -hmm. I had been doing real estate development for the better part of a decade, developed over $50 million in residential and commercial office, retail, for sale, for rent types of projects in Chicago. And waking up one day and just realizing this is all well and good for me and those closest to me, but really no one else. And so I really felt in that moment that I needed to change gears and I needed to try to figure out how to leave more of a legacy that I could be proud of, something that would help others really avoid a lot of the trials and tribulations and brain damage, if you will, that I had to incur over all of those years of of trying to figure this out on my own. And that's when I decided to stop and just really put the kibosh on doing real estate development and said, you know what, I'm going to start writing and I'm going to start sharing some of the tips and tools and strategies and shortcuts that had worked well for me in my life in the hopes of potentially helping others. And really didn't have a clue where to start, but I knew I wanted to get some things out of my head. I knew I wanted to write things down and perhaps get a book or two out and maybe do a podcast, maybe do some speaking, you know, those sort of things. But uh, I had never done any of that really up until that point. So I would say in hindsight, that was probably the biggest shift or reinvention, if you will, of going from real estate development into this world of what I might call personal brand. Yeah, I know that story behind that too. It's a very long story that everyone can find out later. But so let me ask you, you know, why is it important for you to be significant and have an impact? I mean, how does that feel for you? Is it, you know, where does that really stem from? Because I imagine it's not just, I want a legacy for my kids that they could be proud of or someone could be proud of it's really leaving your mark on the world, but where does, how does that feel for you and where does that stem from? You know, it's interesting now that I've been in this world for better, but the better part of a, a decade or so. It's interesting because, you know, on one hand, I felt that what I was doing was very ego driven in terms of just chasing that dollar and really just wanting to have money in the account and, you know, just, and doing something strictly for the sake of of being able to make money. And I felt at that point, like that was really ego driven and living from the place of wants as opposed to needs. And what I'll tell you is that, you know, now that I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing it in terms of writing and speaking and podcasting and teaching and coaching and so on, this actually feels a lot more ego centric than real estate (laughs) development ever did, you know? So I guess on one hand, I was thinking like, God, you know, I want to have a bigger, more meaningful impact and leave a better legacy, so to speak, which is why I started down this path. But reality is, I think I started down this path, even, you know, in hindsight now, even more from the standpoint of 
I need to be heard. I need to be seen. I don't want to just simply be that person with the checkbook. I actually want to be that person that will be remembered, not just you know by those who share this lifetime with me, but also by those of lifetimes to come. And so it's interesting. On one hand, it's like, okay, I'm doing this for everyone else to really help them. But reality is, no, I've really even more so I'm doing it for myself, which is an interesting conclusion to be able to come to now after having been doing this for as long as I've been doing it and now sitting back and being sufficiently honest about why I'm actually doing the work that I'm doing. Well, it's interesting you say that too, because I think there's an element. I want to bring that back so that you don't feel so bad um, (laughs) about that. But I think there's an element, you know, for anyone who wants to, you know, not look at life through dollars, right? And we still do. I mean, we all have to make a living. I get that. But we're not looking at life through dollars. We're looking at life in a way that, you know, touches people and that leaves something, you know, onto perpetuity in someone's life. It's Mm. very risky, it is very risky and it's very bold and it's funny because I'm saying bold behind you. You have your chair says Mr. Bold. It's a very bold thing for someone to want to be on stage, want to share, want to give back to people. And, you know, I think it's probably one of the most honorable things that people can do. And I look at it that way is that, you know, it takes a lot of risk and you know that people are going to size you up and say good things and bad things about you. And it's much easier just to go and do your little job, Mm. right? And not be out there like that. And so I think that you may be cutting yourself down a little too much, but that's just me. I'm older than you, so I can tell you things (laughs) like that, (laughs) right? But I also think it's this, you know, one of the things that I've always thought, and I have this in my book too, is I, I think that what we do when we're younger, we learn, right? And then we spend most of our life earning, And then we get to this point where we want to return. So we learn, we earn, and we return. Mm. And most of the people that are listening to this podcast are in that stage now. They're either straddling the earning and they're at the end of the earning and they're saying, you know, I want to give back. I want to return and I want to share with other people. So I love that that's, you know, what you're doing. So let me talk to you about what motivated you. So if someone's listening and they're, you know, got a great career and everything's great and they're in stability, right? (laughs) Everything's wonderful. What motivated you day in and day out after you made that decision that says, you know what, I'm not going to be in some place where I'm very comfortable. I'm now going to go to something that I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. Is this going to work? What was the motivation that kept you going? Yeah, you know, men and women, I think, are wired in some ways, of course, that are very similar and in some ways, of course, that are very different. And for me, it is something that I've been able to have conversations with uh, other men about, not so many women so much. And I'd be curious in terms of your take on this. But, you know, I I really do think it just boils down to the need to have consistent challenge Mm -hmm. and that once you reach a a certain point of comfort, of really having what it is that you need and being very clear on what it is that you want as opposed to what you need. Like for me, I have everything that I need, right? I mean, I've got the house, I've got the cars. Nice car too. Thank you. I don't need any more. But to that end, I mean, I don't drive a McLaren or, a, you know, the, that's not what I need, right? So once you have everything that you need and then you really don't have anything else on the list of things that you want, then what? 
Yeah. And I think ultimately that's where it becomes difficult and certainly staying with the theme here of moving and shifting from success to significance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it truly then becomes a matter of identifying that challenge that will keep you motivated. For me, it is truly the challenge of how do I, how do I as a mere mortal, so to speak, compete in a game where other people have much bigger platforms, much more notoriety, much more of the recognition factor, if you will. How can a mere mortal like myself compete in that game, right? And so that really, to me, has become the driver, has become the challenge, is just saying, I can put myself into any conversation that I want to be put into. And today, that conversation for me is podcasting, Mm -hmm. right? And so how do I put myself into that conversation where when people think of those who are having an impact in the world of podcasting, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't have a show that has 30 million downloads a month, right? I don't have a huge platform like Will Ferrell, who can launch the Ron Burgundy podcast and end up on Colbert and Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel on the same night announcing the launch of season two of his podcast, right? So how do I put myself into that conversation? That's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love that, you know, you're always, you know, looking forward, you're always trying to find, you know, new ways to challenge yourself. And And especially when there's someone like you who, you know, had a very successful career at a very young age because there's so much life left. Yeah. You know, and I think that in the old days, and I don't mean old days in 2000, I'm talking about old days, you know, I think that there were probably a lot of men, and I'll use men specifically in that arena, is that, you know, who probably gave up on a lot of things that they loved and lost their passion because they were just stuck. Yeah. You know, and we have this wonderful world now that allows us to, you know, to really go into that entrepreneurship. So it's okay to reinvent, don't you think? And do it often? Yeah. And I think it also then just begs the question of what does it mean to actually reinvent? And for me, reinvention isn't about some sort of drastic change necessarily. It really is more, in my mind, about shedding the shackles and the the characteristics and the traits and the expectations, the agendas and whatnot of others that have been cast upon our shoulders, including what we cast upon ourselves over the years and really just shedding as much of that excess as we possibly can to get back to the core and to the essence of who we truly are. So reinvention to me is really more of a subtraction than it is an addition. Right. Or a complete shift. It's more just, you know, yeah, I get it. And I think that's going to mean something different for everyone. And I'm sure that's what you found as well is what that reinvention means for, you know, everybody. It's something, you know, totally different. When you were starting out as an entrepreneur, because we're also talking about life after breaking through all these glass ceilings, right? So it's not just financial, but it could be health or family or relationships. When you look back on that, because someone might be going through that now saying, hey, look, I want to make an impact on the world, but I've tried it this way. Now I'm trying it that way. Now I'm trying it this way. 
what did you find in your experience? And do you feel in your opinion, is it okay to go down one road and then come back and say, okay, that road didn't work and let's go down the other. And what would you say to someone who's in that position and feeling very frustrated? Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, I'll be honest here, it depends on what age you are, you know, because the reality is, and I mean that with all sincerity, like I just turned 50 and I look at where I am now in my entrepreneurial endeavor, like let's just call it my career path, so to speak. Right. And reality is, if I'm going to sink my teeth into a project, whatever that project is that I decide I'm going to move forward, maybe that's a five year project when we're all said and done, right? Between getting it going and moving it forward and getting it to the point where it can flourish and so on. You know, maybe it's a five year project. I don't know, whatever it is. The truth is, we only have at this age, you know, so many more of those five year windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And reality is that the amount of energy that it takes to bring some sort of initiative to fruition, that doesn't decrease just because you are older. You still have to have as much time and energy, and in some cases, resources going into that endeavor, into that initiative. So the energy and strength that you bring as a 20 something, as a 30 something, you're not going to bring to the table as a 50-something, 60-something, 70-something. You're just not. So it's a combination of how many of those windows do I have left and how much energy do I really have to expend to put into bringing something like that to fruition. So, so as you look backwards, obviously you can't change anything so far as what you've done and how it got you to this point and what you've learned from that and how it's benefited you in terms of what you can now leverage moving forward. I mean, you can't go backwards. So if you've made those mistakes, I mean, I've made a ridiculous amount of mistakes. And some of those mistakes have been very, very expensive too. I mean, I'm still, let me just say, I'm working harder than I would like to be working at this stage because of some of those mistakes that I made. But at the same token, where would I be now? And what would I be doing if those had come to pass in the way that I envisioned that they would play out. In other words, I do subscribe to the notion that everything really does happen for a reason. And I wouldn't be where I am now doing what I'm doing now if some of those initiatives had taken a different turn. So is it a mistake? Should you look back? Like, first of all, you can't do anything about the past, which is a really hard lesson for any of us to learn. But I think the easiest thing to do is to grow older is at least just to get yourself out of that state of mind as quickly as you possibly can, where you go, wait a minute, I'm focusing on the past and I can't do anything about it. Let me now just shift my mindset to what I can do here in the present. So I think it all serves you at the end of the day. But at the same token, a lot of that is painful. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge the pain and forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made. And unfortunately, some people just cannot get past the point of that pain and can't forgive themselves. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I know. Well, I call it wisdom. (laughs) I call it wisdom. And I work on it every day, you know, to get as much wisdom as I can. Just to always be mindful of some of the decisions that I made in the past. And am I, you know, continuing a pattern doing that? I think one of the benefits to age in this transition 
is that you do have those mistakes that you've made. And so maybe that can offset the energy that someone younger has, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you made those mistakes. And I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's extremely important for us to always remember, especially like the fact that you said, you know, that we need to forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made. And I think that's really key. Just a little fact, it's 3,800 days left when you're 50 for the average person. (laughs) For the average person who lives to the average length of time, it's 3,800 days because my daughter has like 21,000 and it's not good. (laughs) I look at that. 3,800 days. I've got 3,800 days to make this happen. (laughs) No, that can't be right because that would be just over 10 years. Well, that's the average person for working. Oh, right? for working. For working. Not in life, in working. All right. But then what do you do? Like this whole, this whole notion well, of retirement. I have 3,800 days to make a ton of money so I don't have to work. But then what are you going to do? I'm going to play. Why can't you play now? What I do you can. Want? Oh, I do. And you yeah. know I do. Right. You know I do. Yeah, no, I do. But I'm going to play more. And I think that's a little bit of a misnomer, right? In terms of that whole success to significance conversation too, which is why can't you be significant in this very moment? You right? can't be, yeah. And as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, my TED Talk, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it is called You Are Significant, right? Yeah. So that's you know very much aligned, obviously, our ways of thinking here. But the fact of the matter is, I look at my dad as an example, who has been retired for the better part now of, I think it's going on about 10, 15 years. I mean, he really hasn't done all that much in those last 10, 15 years. And rightly so. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's his life. But but he's done some stuff for score and, you know, some other things and whatnot. But at the same token, I just feel like, and again, this goes back to the conversation we were having about 15, 20 minutes ago about just the need to be challenged. Yeah. And we lose that sense of challenge. I mean, who am I to put together podcast magazine, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like from the standpoint of, first of all, you know, as soon as you start talking about a magazine about podcasts, the haters come out and they're, you know, they're like, oh, that's, (laughs) why don't we do a podcast about podcast magazine? You know, like just dumb stuff, you know, right? So of course that's going to happen. But, you know, look at the same token, Mm -hmm. I need the challenge. Yeah. You know, why shouldn't Podcast Magazine have the ability to be as influential around podcasting as Billboard Magazine does around music or Wine Spectator does around wine or, you know, Cigar Aficionado around cigars, right? Like, is that possible? Could we have that sort of influence with the magazine? I don't know. Time will tell. Oh, I definitely but- think, yeah, I definitely think you can. You know, for me, significance isn't just clients and helping, you know, and going down the entrepreneur path. For me, making that impact and significance is making sure that in a hundred years, it matters what I did, Mm. right? Because my mom used to say, because I'm German, 100% through and through, there's another story behind that too. And, you know, it's always about cleaning and making sure the house is spick and span and the kids, you know, I would yell at them when they were little and all that. And my mom would say, Honey, in a hundred years, it doesn't matter that your floor was swept today, Mm. right? But what will matter in a hundred years is the impact that you had on your children and your children's children. So they say years ago, your great, 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 great grandmother loved doing this, made an impact here. 
you know, and so it's not that when you move from success to significance that you start getting in a rocking chair. It's more that, you know, you have the opportunity and the wherewithal to be able to influence anything you choose to influence, right? Mm -hmm. Anything Mm -hmm. you choose to do. And that's really what I'm aiming for, you know, is to do what I've always wanted to do. It's just now that's the path to get there. Yeah. And it's sort of stepping, you say this all the time, stepping on nickels to get to dollars or stepping on dollars to get stepping to Stepping over dollars to get to dimes. Right, or over dollars <laughs> to get to dimes, right. Yes. And, uh, you know, I used to think, and I still do, that, you know, all the loans that I did when I was in lending, you know, all the loans, it wasn't about the money I made doing the loan. It was the ability to... I was stepping over that money to get to the legacy I wanted to leave for my kids. And it provided me the ability to do that. A conversation that I think a lot of people are having with themselves. So play that out for a second, because again, the income generated could be used obviously as fuel to create that legacy. At the same token, then it begs the question of why wouldn't you just start on the legacy piece immediately? I did. Well, right. (laughs) I mean, But for those who are thinking about it, like I need X in the bank in order to then start focusing on Y. Right. If the legacy. Right. If this and that. Right. Right. So it just kind of begs the question of if you put that much energy into whatever it is that you would do when you cross that arbitrary line in the sand that you create, if you invested the next 10 years into that as opposed to 10 years into putting money in the bank and then into that legacy piece. Right. Where would you be? in that same 10-year period. If ultimately the legacy piece is what is most important to you, then why wouldn't you start on that now? So in other words, if you're thinking about the stepping over dollars to get to dimes analogy, then what you're really doing is you're stepping over the legacy piece to get to the money piece, which isn't what's important to you. Correct. Correct. And I love that. And I see a lot of people doing that, you know, and I don't know. I mean, for me, it was just something that when I was younger and it was probably me being surrounded by the family that I was surrounded by and the entrepreneurial, you know, spirit that was there is that I knew that I wanted to leave something for my family that was not for perpetuity. And I wasn't going to start when I was 70. I was going to start when I was 30. Yeah. And I did. But now it's just other things. And again, you learn, you earn, and return. You start learning new things that you want to get back to people. And I just think it's really cool when people take action on that. So I want to talk to you about, as we tidy up our loose ends here, but I want to make sure that we talk about this. And that is, what is your what? I'd like to talk about what it's like to be Steve Ulsher Hmm. as it relates to what is your what? Yeah. One thing. Yeah. So as you are well aware of and is clear by your own work and the book that you're writing and so on and so forth is in author land. I mean, we really do write the book that we most need. Mm -hmm. Right. So so that question of what is my what is one of those questions that's always been there at the forefront for my most of my adult life anyway. And so after having tried the Myers-Briggs and the what colors your parachutes and the strength finders and so on, all of those modalities that really left me with more questions than answers, it was like, geez, there's got to be an easier way here to try to figure out what it is that I'm truly compelled to do and how 
I am naturally wired to excel and what it is that I can be doing with the, the years that I have on this planet. So that is uh, really the impetus for having created the what is your what framework is just trying to figure out you know, what really are the most important pieces of the puzzle that we need to have in place in order to hit the ground running and to really start having the type of impact that we want to have while earning what we know we really deserve. And that's how the What Is Your What framework was born, which really is quite simple in terms of the fact that there's just three primary pieces of the puzzle. You've got the three pieces that include your core gift, which is basically how you're naturally wired to excel. And for some, your gift might be something like communicating or teaching or entertaining. And others, it might be like enrolling or protecting or healing or whatever that is for you. But Mm -hmm. having an understanding of what your core gift is. And once you have that understanding, then it becomes a, a question of, okay, how am I going to share that gift? And so what is the primary vehicle that I will use to share that gift? And lastly, then, it's a matter of really understanding who the people are that you're most compelled to serve and you want to share that gift with. And so as I really began wrestling with this equation, what I found is that if you can get clarity around your gift, your vehicle, and your people, it really does give you the ability to start putting into action the discoveries that you bring to the surface. And so it's a lot like a tripod, though. You know, you can be clear on what your gift is, and you can be clear on what your vehicle is, but if you don't have clarity around who the people are that you're most compelled to serve, you know, that doesn't really work. If you know who your people are and you know what your vehicle is, but you don't know what your core gift is and how to really share that and leverage that, you know, that doesn't work either. And you can run to six ways from Sunday, but at the end of the day, most people will spend a lifetime trying to figure out one piece of the puzzle, let alone solving all three. So if it's a question of, geez, I don't like gift my vehicle or my people, I don't know what those answers are, then just know that you're far from alone. Yeah, yeah. So now how does this differ from the why? We actually had Simon Sinek on Reinvention Mm -hmm. Radio, and that was a fun little conversation around the why. (laughs) The why versus the what. Um, But look, you know, I, I believe that at the end of the day, you can choose what your why is. Simon and I have a difference of opinion on this. He'll tell you it's just a semantical question. I think it's actually a very different question in terms of answering what is your why versus what is your what. And to me, you can choose what your why is. And most of the time, why you do what you do is a reflection of a desired result in terms of, I want to provide clean drinking water for children in India. I want to feed starving people of Africa. You know, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is, you, you choose why you do what you do. I want to take care of my family. Uh, it, I want that McLaren, I don't know, whatever it is for you. Versus your what, which if you look at the cover of the book, What Is Your What, you'll see that the only graphic element on there is the DNA strand. Yeah, And that is, exactly, and that is because I believe that your why is external versus your what, which is very much internal. And, you know, really when you come right down to it, your what has chosen you, as opposed to that being something which you uh, have chosen. And I believe that you can choose your why. I don't, I don't believe that you can choose your what. 
Yeah. And I love that too, you know, and I love it because it, it mirrors so well with my coaching programs, you know, for loan officers and realtors, which is, you know, the lifestyle business mastery and it's keeping things in alignment. And so I would just say to anyone who's listening or watching is if there's just, it feels like there's a rub in what you're trying to do and where you're heading. It could be because it's counterintuitive to who you are. Mm. Someone's planted a seed for you that says, you know, you're really good at accounting because you've been an accountant all your life. So you should do more accounting (laughs) or teach other people how to do accounting, right? But if it was just a job and it wasn't your passion, you know, and has become something that's different, because I think passions change too. I think you know, what's passionate for a 21-year-old is definitely not passionate for someone who now has children. Their passions yeah. change and their values change, right? And yeah. I think it's really digging in and finding that and making sure it's in alignment. Yeah. And to that end, I mean, I don't recommend pursuing your passion as a career. You know, I mean, that <laughs> almost never works out. You know, you yeah, can just- I would be dancing. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> and, you, and you may have been very good as a dancer, but it doesn't mean that you would have made a living as right. a dancer. Right. Exactly, right? You know, right. all you got to do is look at the number of cupcake shops that are closed, you know? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it, but just because you grow awesome tomatoes in your backyard right. doesn't mean you're going to be a commercial farmer. Right, correct, correct. No, I, I totally agree. But I do think there's an alignment in there that you know. Yeah. You know what gets you going and sparks, and you know it's a gift for you as well. You know that yeah. it's a gift that you can give to other people. Steve, I know that we've only just touched the surface of all of this, and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing what you have shared with us. I really encourage everyone to get the book, and we'll have the link here as well so you can get the ebook of What Is Your What? And what else would you like to leave with everybody? What's one of your favorite quotes? Yeah, you know, I'll share one of my own, <laughs> which is... Good. No, that's fine. I love it. Yeah. Right. Which is, I wholeheartedly believe that you are the solution to someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that there are people who are literally waiting and praying for you to show up in their lives. And you're not only doing a huge disservice to yourself when you lack clarity on your what and you're not out there sharing it with strategic abandon, but of course you're doing a huge disservice to those who need you and again are literally waiting and praying for you to show up in their lives. And so I'm just a firm believer that we all have the ability to get paid extraordinarily well for what comes to us as naturally as breathing. And there, again, are, it doesn't take a lot of people, but there are, there are people out there right now who need what you have, whatever it is, whether it's a product, a program, a service, it's knowledge, it's time, it's energy, whatever it might be. And in, as I always say, when it comes to public speaking, because a lot of people always ask me, you know, how do you get these stages, this, that, and the other? Big stages start out as small stages mm-hmm. and big bank accounts start out as small bank accounts. So you just got to start down the path. And ultimately, it's the reward that is waiting for you for gaining clarity on what your what is and sharing that as best you can is, is unlike anything you'll ever know. Yeah. And it's taking that risk, you know, taking the risk yeah. to put yourself out there because you have a message that you feel people are looking for, right? Absolutely. It's funny because I have. I don't even know if it's a quote or 
it's something I say every day. It's, you know, I pray every day. So it's one of the things that I say. And I say, Lord, please help me find that one person who's out there looking for me today. Mm. You know, and it's sort of along the same lines of that, you know, is that there are people out there looking for uh, what you have to offer, for what you as a listener have to offer. And so it's about getting going, get moving, get learning about yourself so that you can share it with the rest of the world. So thank you, Steve, so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you listening, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. If this was your first time, welcome. We're glad to have you in our community. And if this is your hundredth time listening, I want to say thank you so much for paying this forward and sharing it with as many friends as possible. And please don't forget to Give us a great five-star rating and write us a review if ever you need anything or want anything from me on this podcast. Please be sure to reach out to me at gendercluses.com and I would be happy to find that perfect person to share their message with you so that you can continue to move forward. So again, Steve, thank you. What a blessing it has been to have you on our show. We appreciate you having me. Thank you. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.